Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome. Today we are going to hear the story of a spiritual journey to Bali, a province of Indonesia, among other places. Our guest is Regina Achimpong, who felt a calling to this beautiful island in the Indian Ocean and made a month-long trip with stops in Thailand and Australia. Bali is mainly a tourist destination. Just do a quick Google search and you'll see images of beautiful, serene waters, mountains, beaches, and temples, and wildlife. And Regina found all of this, but so much more on her trip there. Here in the U.S., Regina works in business strategy and operations, solving big problems to help tech companies run and grow. But the Regina that I know and have come to love is a deeply spiritual person. In fact, she and I share a spiritual teacher in Robert Holden through his Success Intelligence Mastermind. She and I have had many deep conversations, and I feel so lucky to call her a friend. Regina, welcome to the campfire. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. You know, our friendship, you know, everyone asks, like, well, how do you how did you find this guy that told you about the mastermind? I was like, well, he helped me find my first house and my second <laughs> one. So it started as a, a business relationship. It has evolved so far past um, that. And I'm really grateful for your friendship. And as you mentioned, the ability to have these really deep and thought provoking conversations. So I'm super excited to be here. That's right. We just come on this journey and you just never know who you're going to meet and and what's going to evolve in the process. But it's been so fun getting to know you over many years, actually. Yeah, Um, a long time. 10 years? 10 years? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But yeah, so today we're going to talk about this this spiritual journey that you took a couple of years ago. And um, I think just for the listeners, that probably the best thing to do is just jump in and have you tell us just some overview and, and highlights about the trip itself. And then we can kind of get into the into the calling part. But uh, yeah, tell us where you went and, uh, and what you did. Awesome. So yeah, I went uh, in November of 2018. I felt a calling that I needed to get away for a significant amount of time. And it had to be somewhere that was completely new to me um, that that part just came through over and over. And so I did a month long journey in Asia, but Bali was the ultimate destination of that trip. But obviously going that far away in the world, you've never been to that side of the planet, you want to see some other things. So I started my trip in Thailand, um, spent about a week uh, and a half there, and then spent three weeks in Bali, and then a a little less than a week in Perth, Australia. So a lot of flying, but every like moment was worth it. And I was just so energized um, throughout that experience. Even the the first flight, I actually got to spend the day in Tokyo, Japan, and got to meet a coworker awesome. that I've only known via email. And he showed me around a bit. Um, and I got to do some exploring before making the trek all the down to Thailand. Um, and it was like from basically boarding the plane on, I just felt that I was doing the right thing. Like I was following, you know, this calling and the 12 hour flight to Tokyo from the Bay area 
felt like nothing. And I can tell you, I've done some other 12 hour flights. They have never felt like nothing, but it's, it, there was just so much there, so much emotion. Um, and from there, it was just one big adventure. Um, my goal with the trip was I'm just going to let the universe be my guide. I did not come with a big plan. I had, I knew I had three, you know, major destinations I was going to. I knew my lodging and that was literally it. I didn't plan anything else. I wanted everything to unfold organically. And as a type A overachieving, liking a lot of control in life, that was, that was the challenge. That was how can I, you know, reimagine how I move through the world. And so what better opportunity to try this out, you know, through this trip. So it was from the beginning, it was very inspired. Like I started out in Bangkok, Thailand, and the whole time I was there, even though this is this massive sprawling city, it's like basically the New York of Asia, I never felt lost. I always like everything just flowed the way it was supposed to. I always felt in sync with where I was supposed to be. And I could literally hear kind of the guiding voice of the universe at times, like telling me where to go, turn down the street, turn down the street. And so that's how I did my, you know, exploration. So a great example of that is there, I was heading out to visit some temples and I was on a boat because you have to travel down a river to visit some of the cooler temples. And there was a young kid there. He looked like he was in his mid twenties and a voice said, you know, speak to him. I think he's a solo traveler. Um, and so it'd be good to connect. And so we started talking and we ended up visiting some of the temples together. Um, he was, he was from Singapore, he was 25 and he said, he just got this urge to get out of Singapore and try something new. And I explained to him, I got this urge, you know, a bit further away to try something new. And, um, after visiting one of the major temples, we got separated because it was really busy. Um, at that time, there was a lot of people. Um, but a little voice said, don't worry, you'll meet him again. And I'm like, eh, what are the odds of that? Bangkok's very massive. <laughs> There's a lot of people here. Um, and so I think it was two days later, I had just gotten brunch. I was walking around a different part of the city and I was literally walking up the steps to their, basically their sky Metro or air train. Sure. Um, and as I was walking up the steps, a, a voice said, come back down, go down this street. So I'm like, well, that's the journey wherever, you know, it takes me. And so I walked down, I, you know, turned around, went down that street and maybe two minutes later, I hear, oh my God, Regina, it's you. And it's the kid from, you know, from the boat and from yeah. visiting the temples. And, and we're just like, he's literally losing his mind. We said like, what are the odds of this? Like, we're not, it's nowhere near where we met. It's very far from where I was staying, pretty far from where he was staying. And so we ended up hanging out with him and his friends and having, another brunch because who am I to turn down more food? Of course. Um, <laughs> and we've kept in touch ever since, but it was like so many situations happened like that where I just followed wherever it was. It didn't have to make sense, you know, in any way. And, and I get connected with amazing people, but to run into the same person twice in a city as massive as Bangkok, like that, that can only be the universe. Um, and that was just one of many really just, you know, synchronous, uh, synchronicity, uh, that happened over the course of the trip the, from there, I traveled on to Phuket, Thailand, um, and spent a few days there and I'm out and about, you know, hanging out one evening. And then I see someone that I went to school with in college no again, way. like what are the odds of that? Yeah. Um, and they were actually heading to Bali, I think maybe the day before the same day as I was. And so like, everyone's just like, 
there's no <laughs> there's no explanation. And I think when you have those types of experiences, it really opens your eyes and your mind to the wonders of the universe and the, the possibilities of life, because there is a divine hand orchestrating things that is so far beyond our control. And so, you know, one of my biggest mottos for this trip was surrender. Um, there's a fantastic book, The Surrender Experiment. I think you and I have talked about yes, this a bit. Great book. Um, you know, by Michael Singer. I actually have yep. this calendar from him as well. Um, I just allow myself to surrender to everything, which is very, can be uncomfortable. You know, if, if your life has been very structured and, you know, you've got this career and all these things, you follow these steps. And so allowing just life to unfold in that way is can be scary, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. And and you're a personality here in the US. It's it's yeah. uh, kind of it's kind of counter, but it sounds like you got off the plane and just you were led. Yeah. Uh, and I set that in and the thing is I set that intention beforehand. Like I actually wrote a journal entry before um I you know took off for that flight about what my goals were and the biggest goal was really surrendering. Um, and allowing it to unfold, not trying to control anything, because the major motivation for that trip um, to take a step back was in 2017, um, my father passed away and I had to bury him like I have the stamp of my passport on my birthday. And as you can imagine, that's just like it opened a lot of emotional floodgates and yeah. kind of reexamining so much of life. And I remember saying to myself, like, I don't want this to be what you are reminded of on your birthday every year. You have to do yeah. something to change that narrative and to make and also to make my peace with what happened because it really did bring up a lot of things that I pro I suppressed over the years. Um, you know, big life changes like death and births and things have a, a tendency to really just kind of break you open so that you can see what's inside, you know, is a great way the only way I can think of to put it because life just kind of stops in its tracks in that moment. And so I really started thinking about who I am, what's important to me, who am I becoming? And so that was an instrumental um, reason why I went on this journey. It sounds like you took what was a really emotional experience and turned it around and, and made it into a positive that you would remember going forward. I mean, is that? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that was the key. Like I was, if I could change that narrative and, um, and make it something positive, I could look at, you know, that time of the year in a, in a different light. And I do, um, because that, this trip changed my life. I can a hundred percent say that the person that went, got on that plane was not the same person that came back. I'm grateful that I allowed myself to do this. Regina, this is the, this is the hero's journey. There are, oh my gosh. <laughs> There's so many levels we gotta we've gotta circle back to. So um, I I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how it changed your life. I want to hear about the voice that that continued to guide you on the whole trip. So um, I just before we do that, let's uh, let's finish out the details of the trip, and then I want to circle back and and unpack some of this other stuff. Absolutely. So yeah, after Phuket, I spent a couple of days there, and then I went to Koh Samui. Um, and the funny thing is the reason why I went there is because I don't know if you remember watching Meet the Parents and he bought them like that secret, um, you know, honeymoon trip to Koh Samui, Thailand. I didn't know anything about this place, but I said, I'm going there one day. And so I added that oh, well, to the trip just as like kind of an ode to my Meet the parents, get, get over there. Okay. 
Yeah, so that that I added that on the trip and actually got connected with an amazing host. Um, I stayed in the Airbnb there, and um, they just showed me a great time, like a really local feel. Um, but then it was time for Bali, and the, it, it started off very comically because obviously Bali was the place that I knew the universe was calling me. Um, so I had an amazing time in Thailand. Everything was just flowed very easily, um, and then I get to. Bali. It's been a long travel day and it's late, um, but I'm starving because I haven't had a chance to eat anything, you know, connections and everything. So finally get to my villa um, and then I want to venture out to get food the first night. And this is a big contrast from Bangkok. You know, like I said, Bangkok is basically like New York of one of New York City. And so now I'm in rural, you know, Changu, Bali. Um, and it's dark and I'm walking and like, it's on a dirt road. And I'm like, why did the universe send me here? I can't find food. There's dog, there's literally like dogs chasing me. Cause that's what everyone knows, like who's been there, the Bali dogs. And so I'm walking in the dark. I know nothing about where I am. Google maps isn't working because like I said, there's a lot of these are like dirt roads and I'm just mm -hmm. trying to find food. And I'm like, why did the universe send me here? I should have just stayed in Thailand. Like this looks crazy, blah, blah, blah and finally find food get lost on the way back it's a whole thing so i'm like really just like universe i don't get it and so but I, you know you get up and try again so i wake up the next day get dressed and go out and now it's sunny and i'm like oh my god this is the most beautiful place i've ever seen in my life and i took a moment i just laughed i was like this is a great example of how your perspective in the moment basically changes the vantage point of everything that you see. And so I was looking at it from a place of darkness, like literally, you know, in, in that moment and I'm just, everything is wrong. And then the light turns on and I'm like, okay, I get it now, my bad. And so I just, I had to laugh at myself, but I was like, that's a, a good metaphor for perspective. You know, two people can look at the same thing. And if you're looking at it from a place of, you know, pessimism, you're going to see a completely different picture than someone who's looking at it from a place of optimism. And then from there, it's like me and Bali fell in love and I was walking. So this is now, yeah, that day I'm walking and I think I maybe get five to 10 minutes max from the villa looking for breakfast and my shoe breaks. And I'm like, we're back again, you know? <laughs> so, but I, but I took a moment I said, I was like, I, as soon as I, I thought about my perspective laugh, and so I took a pause and I was just like, this is for a reason. Let me just try to figure out what I'm going to do. Because obviously it's a dirt road with, you know, the infrastructure is not as great there. So you sure. don't really want to walk around barefoot. And I look over to my left and there's this little restaurant. There's a lady sitting outside and she's waving to me. She's like, you break your shoe? And so I said, yep. And so I walk over and she, apparently she has super glue of the gods because this glue, she fixed my shoe. She was like, it's really strong. And so she fixed my shoe and it lasted me the rest of the trip, which is You're, you're making friends everywhere. Everybody just wants yeah. to help you. Yeah. And so, that was awesome. yeah. So I was like, it, I'm, I was meant to break my shoe right in front of her restaurant. So I ended up eating there um, and talking to her. And she's like, yeah, I have some, you know, great friends locally that would love to show you around. Um, and you know, you should definitely come back and, and check things out. And so after I left for breakfast, a couple of days, I came back later and her, the friends she mentioned were there and they were just sitting back talking about life. And it was funny because they were talking, you know, as women, they're all like in their 
you know, late twenties, some of them a little bit older, some of them my age range. And they're all talking about the same things that me and my girlfriends would talk about here. And I was like, no matter what your experience, how far am I from home? Right. And it's the same, you know, we're so far apart, but we're also so very similar and the same. And so I made friends there. And one of the young ladies was like, well, I'll take you around the island on my scooter. And now the old me, the type A me that lives in America in a place that's a little bit crazy, like, should you really hop on, you know, a motorbike with someone you've only met for about 30 minutes? And I absolutely wouldn't do it, but it felt, it was, again, I just went through the feeling it felt right. Yeah. Um, and so she took me to Uluwatu, which is like a, a holy, there's a holy temple there um, with, that sits over the cliffs and it's absolutely stunning. And there's monkeys there that steal your stuff. I actually have videos <laughs> of them yeah. taking sunglasses and all these things. And we forged this amazing friendship and she and I still communicate today. I went back to Bali um, a year later and for my birthday and they had like a big birthday party for me and gifts and like really all because I broke my shoe. You know, that's how beautiful and just, just massively like orchestrated the universe can be like something that I could have just been like, this is the worst thing ever. I reminded myself because of the day before it was for a reason and it connected yeah. me with like some really amazing people. That's true um, surrender right there. Right. Just, yeah. Let yeah. it go. Just it, it ha it's happened. So I can't change that. And so what is the universe trying to show me um, from that? And so I spent um, a couple more weeks in Bali in different parts of the country. Um, so I went up to Ubud. That's like the real, like people really go there for the spiritual wellness. Um, and I did my first, I think you and I actually talked about this and this is what made me say yes to it. There was a place beside my villas that said it was called Ubud Float Garden. I was like, I wonder what that is. And so it was actually a sensory deprivation float spa. Nice. And so I remember you and I had talked about it. You're like, I think you we should did. try something like that. And I said, well, that was the little sign from before from Scott. And so I did it and that experience, wow. Um, I've done float since, but nothing to that, like that level. I got to a place where I did, you know, I felt completely, you know, where I didn't feel my body or anything, but then I was watching like my life play out and I could see like, like the basically God or the universe, you know, particle, like I'm floating as like basically a particle in space. Then there's like the, the source energy floating and we're having this conversation. And then it shows me like my future. Um, and I could feel that like I was in the presence of the divine and a lot of the things that it showed me are things that later I decided that I wanted to do. And it was just a really transformative experience. I can't really explain it, but I knew I was just like, I was devoid of my body. It was just my spirit in the, and you know, the source spirit in this amazing conversation and the water that they use in those spas, they actually take them from like temple. So it's blessed water. So it's not just like everything was really, really intentional. Yeah. It's the sensory, sensory deprivation experience. I mean, to do that in Bali, what an, what an unbelievable life-changing experience. I see why this, this trip was so epic for you. So let's, let's continue um, in Bali. And then I, I want to come back to some of this deeper stuff. So, yeah. So while I was there, I think it was the next day, um, my friend sends me a screenshot from Instagram of, she was like, did you know Russell Simmons was in Bali? And I was like, had no idea. And then the voice said, well, you're going to meet him. And I was like, 
okay, well, we'll see how that works out because he was in a different, it, he was in the part that I had just left. So I was like the odds of us running into each other. Cause it's like, I think an hour and a half drive are slim, but trust the voice, you know? Um, but I, so I went on. And so one of the thing, last things I did in Ubud before I left was a sunrise hike on Mount Batur. Um, so Mount Batur is a volcano and it's a pretty strenuous hike. They pick you up from your hotel at 2 a.m. Um, again, this is something the old me probably would be like, eh, you guys got it, you know, <laughs> I'm going to sleep. Um, but again, it's, you know, say, yeah, say yes. Um, and you get, you know, it's about an hour to drive to like the base and then you hike all night so that at like 5 a.m. you're at the top so that you can watch the sunrise. And it was like, it was a strenuous hike because of the alti altitude. And then the volcanic rock is very like soft. So you, there's a lot of tripping and all these things. But so there was a point where I was like, ah, I'm tired. I don't do this anymore. But you know, voice said, just keep going. It's going to be worth it. And like when I finally made it to the top and the sun came up over, you know, the mountain, it was just, again, one of those moments like, a, I can do, like, it showed me I could do these really amazing things that are outside of my, you know, comfort zone. I don't grow up, I didn't grow up with people who go hiking in Asia by themselves. Like, it's just not a thing. But, you know, by saying yes to that, I just, I met really cool people on the hike um, and just had a big belief in myself, met some monkeys that stole my bananas on the hike <laughs> as well and ate them That's and took them out of the bag. But they yeah, are took them out of the bag. They are, they are, um, and I love animals, so it, it was fine. We had a whole conversation about it because I was going to give it to them anyway, but they prefer to steal. Um, it's what they do. It's what they do. But yeah, that was that was definitely um, a really really cool experience. Now I was sore for I, I scheduled a massage. I thought ahead. I scheduled a massage for later that day um, when we got back. But even after all of that and soaking a hot tub, like. I felt it, but again, completely worth it. Um, and then from there, like kind of leading into kind of my last segment of Bali, I went back to the Seminyak area and I was at a beach club. Um, that's what, like during the day, I would often go to like beach clubs because they have like really great music, food options, and you can kind of lounge, yeah. hang around, write, whatever. Um, and I'm sitting there like waiting for my food to come up. And I looked to my right and I said, I think that's Russell Simmons daughter. But I was like, there's just no way. I was like, I was like, no. And then I look back up in front of me and he's literally standing right in front of me. And so I'm like, universe. Okay. <laughs> like this is getting a little strange. Um, so then the voice said, I've put it in motion. You know, you have to talk to him. So it was like, I didn't want to interrupt him being with his family. Cause I know celebrities get that all the time. So I said, if it's meant for us to talk, an opportunity will be created where I can talk to him, you know, by itself without interrupting, you know, his family time. And sure enough, like five minutes later, he gets up and walks to the beach. So the universe created the space. I have to then oblige and do what I said I was going to do. So I walk out to the beach and he's um, at the time he was doing some yoga and then meditating. So I waited for him to finish. And then I walked up to him. I was like, you know, I don't want to bother you while you're, you know, on vacation. But I was like, I felt that I was supposed to talk to you and explain to him kind of what happened. So we sat on the beach and talked for like 30 or 45 minutes about wow. like life, meditation, wow. um, just, you know, what brought him to Bali and in the lessons that he learned, you know, being, you know, Russell Simmons was 
very, very wealthy. And he talked about, you know, how that, that chasing a feeling, you know, he's like, you know, you buy a a Bentley or a Maybach and then you feel great for like a day, but then now it's, it needs to be something else. He was like, I got tired of that constant chasing happiness. And so once he, he said he did a yoga class, he was like, after that I was hooked. He was like, and started getting really deep into meditation. Um, and now he's like, I'm so, he's like, I mainly ride a scooter around the island and I live a very low key life and I'm very, very happy, you know? And he said, this is the happiest he's been. And it's not, life is not, a lot of times we think that our happiness is going to come from all of these things that people told us to do, to be happy. If you, you get the big career, you make all the money, you get the big house and the car, then you'll be happy. You got to find the happiness within yourself and all those things then just become extraneous things, you know, and, and they aren't what you seek when you're really on the path to peace. Um, so it was really just crazy how these things continue to unfold to the point where it's just like, if I wasn't living it, I wouldn't believe it because it was just everything just lined up in such a perfect way. But that's just the beauty of the universe. If you allow yourself to surrender to it and not try to force things into a box that you think it should fit. I think that's the key is, you know, your attitude of surrender and the intention that you sent go set going into it, yep. you know, being there and just having that open mindset, like these opportunities just, just came to you, but there definitely is some serious synchronicity here. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it, I think we got to talk about this voice, yeah, this voice that keeps talking to you. I mean, so let me ask you, like, was this voice something that was just part of this trip or is this voice something that's part of you all the time? Since the trip, it's part of me all the time, because I think I put myself in a position where I allow myself to listen. Most of my life beforehand, like I was very, like very type A, very anxious, very like need everything to look and be and feel, you know, perfect. So when you're trying to control every aspect of your life, you're not even in a position where you're open to listening um, and to and being still enough. I think that's the biggest thing is being still enough to hear it because especially in our culture in particular, American lifestyle is very manic. It's you're, you know, everyone's busy. Everyone's doing this, that, and you, like very few people say, Hey, how are you? How's it going? Oh, I'm just relaxed. And, you know, being present with life, you're never going to get that answer. Everyone mm-hmm. I'm busy. I'm this, I'm that. Um, and so I really allow myself to be still, I think meditation, cause I'd started practicing meditation before, you know, this trip allowed me, the space to hear. Um, and the voice is always there. We feel it, you know, with our gut feelings, but we're not, we're often not still enough and quiet enough to actually hear that clearly what I'm supposed to be doing. And so that was really, really cool. So does this voice continue, the voice continues to guide you now that you're back? Absolutely. Um, Would you say that's the big change? You you mentioned that this trip was just completely life-changing for you. That was, that was one big change. Like really this showed me, I can, I can hundred percent trust the universe. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to force everything. I can trust the voice that I'm hearing. I can trust what I'm feeling, but also, um, you know, one of the biggest things I struggled with in my life was really like at times crippling anxiety, um, to the point where I had to be hospitalized because the anxiety attacks were like, I would have such physical reactions where my heart is beating so fast where it's like dangerous. And so through my life, you know, and talking to doctors, it was just something you manage. Um, It's something that you deal with. And 
that's what I accepted because that's all I knew. But on the trip, I, one of the things I did that again, I folded, I was looking for a yoga class, um, for a certain day, they didn't have it at this place, but there was a pop-up for a releasing your fear, like day retreat. And again, surrender, it popped up. I, so I signed up and did it and I just did things I would just never do and, and talked about deep things that I haven't even talked to, you know, about with people close to me, um, with essentially strangers. Um, and one of the last things we did as part of that retreat was we wrote a letter to our fear. We thanked it for, you know, getting us this far and the things that, cause fear does play, like we associate fear with bad, but sometimes fear is good. Like there are healthy fears, like the healthy fear is I, I don't need to put my hand on the stove because that's going to lead to, you know, damage or problems. So there's some fear that is good, but a lot of the fear that we hold is not our own. It's fear that has been placed on us by our parents or by society or, you know, based on what has happened in the past. And now we're projecting that fear onto everything else. And so anxiety, you know, was something that like I wanted to let go of. And so in the letter, I released that and then we burned it like, you know, to basically release that energy into the universe. And on my last day in Bali, I was on the back of um, a motorcycle. So instead of taxis, for the most part, they use like motorbikes, sure. um, which again, another thing I would have never done, like hopping on the back of a stranger's <laughs> motorcycle and hoping for the best. Um, and they're not exactly like, you know, very straightforward drivers. They're, you know, weaving in and out of cars, but again, surrendering and I remember I was heading back to my villa um, on the back of this motorbike. He's flying and I could feel this big energy roll up from my gut and through my body. And the voice said, that's your anxiety. It's gone. And I knew that it was gone. Mm -hmm. um, and like, and after that, I've never had a panic attack. Like I've had things that normally would have triggered me happen. And I had a perfect peace about it, knowing that everything was going to unfold that's the test like it's you know when everything's great it's easy to say oh my anxiety's gone but i had some things that would normally send me into full-blown attack and i was okay and like that that's a life changer when you're not crippled by fear anymore you know a physical and it's you know anxiety i don't take it lightly i know so many people suffer with it and a lot of people downplay what that can feel like but i know like <laughs> like what that can feel like and so um being able to understand that this doesn't have to be permanent. These things that doctors tell us we have to manage when it comes to our mental health, a lot of it is unhealed pain, unhealed trauma or things that we haven't just addressed um, or way or the way we've been conditioned to look at the world. And so it really gave me hope for not just myself, but for other people that we don't necessarily have to live with these things or just manage them, that we can live free. Yeah. And this is what's really just, it's catching me right now is, I mean, you're somebody that has you know, dealt with anxiety, has dealt with the fear, but yet you felt this calling to go on this month long trip <laughs> on the other side of the world by yourself. You weren't by yourself, by the way, like you were, but yeah. you made friends everywhere you went, obviously yeah. like you were guided, but what, like, I want to go, let's go back to the beginning because like, what was it that called you? You said you weren't really tapping into that voice as much before you went. So what, what was that calling that said you're going to Bali? there was a lot of fear at the beginning because that's when the voice started like i wouldn't say i never heard the voice but not to the extent that i hear it now and so mm -hmm. i was starting to get signs that i need to go to bali and at that point i didn't know i knew of bali i've seen you know some instagram pics but i didn't have i didn't know that much about it so i was like okay and i kind of 
put it on the back burner. Like I, like it was very prescriptive of what I needed to do. Like it was, you need to go away. It needs to be somewhere you've never been before. Cause at first I was like, well, I'll just go hang out in Europe for a while and decompress, but I'd been there and that wasn't going to push me outside of my comfort zone. Um, and it was, it had to be a long time. It had to be somewhere new and it had to be like really far away. And then the signs for ball, I would like open a website, like just, you know, I was looking at best places to, you know, take a mini break. And I'm thinking it's going to give me the places that I want to go. And then Bali would be at the top of the list. And then I would talk to people about what I was thinking about doing. And people would just randomly say, well, what about Bali? And I'm like, where's all this coming from? And it happened like there was one week where like three different people were like, I think you need to go to Bali. And I was like, okay, universe, I hear you. But there was still part of me that was scared because I've done some, at that point I had done some solo travel, but yeah. not that far. I'd never been to Asia in my life. And I'm like, I'm going to go a month that far away. I know nothing about the region in depth and I'm just on my own, but I was scared. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, I don't come from, you know, a family of people that do things like this. Like I'm very much the anomaly, um, you know, and there was a lot of fear projected on me at first too. Did you get pushback from people around you? Oh yeah. I mean, there's some people who are like, that's amazing. But like, of course my mom, like I'm a girl, you know, I'm that far away. If something yeah. happens, who's going to help me. Um, and so at first she was really scared and some other family members are like, are you sure? Like, do you want to go that far? And I was like, not necessarily that I want to do it, but I know that I have to, I feel called. And so, you know, she made her peace with it. And now she knows like my child's going to be fine. She's been everywhere and like it, it always works out and she understands my journey so much more now, but there was a lot of fear, you know, that I had, but also that was projected on me. And, and, and I understand that because, you know, you hear these stories of, you know, single women traveling and right. they don't always make it home. So right. I had to overcome that to, you know, to do this, but I'm so, so glad. What pushed you past the fear? Uh, my boss was a big help because he just kept asking, have you booked it? And then I was just like, if the if the universe is calling me to do this, what do I really have to fear? And and having that relationship of trust with the universe, I think, yeah. is important, but it takes time because the ego wants to tell you other things, you know, like everything can go. What if everything goes wrong? What if you get hurt? What if this? So like the way I even pack my bag, I've got like this big first aid kit, all these things. Now I go, it's like a small bag. The second time I went, I had a carry on and a backpack and I know I'm going to be fine, but you know, it's, you have to build a relationship of trust with the universe. And that just takes time because especially if you've been through a lot of hard things, it does become hard to trust, but those are all moments in the journey that were necessary as well. The, you know, the bad, what we consider bad, everything is necessary, but it, it takes some time to get there. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, for, for sure. I think we could, we could keep talking for another couple of hours about this. I'm just so intrigued by it. The, the changes that you experienced when you came back from this trip, like how has, how have those changes shown up for you in your life now? And like, what's sort of manifested for you because of these changes? I mean, the first thing I'll say is I was just lighter, like the things that used to stress me out before this trip, just don't like in the grand scheme of things, I'm realizing how much of what we, you know, prioritize and, and get worked up on doesn't matter. Um, so that was one big change. Um, and also my priorities in life changed. I realized like the best time of my life was when I wasn't thinking about work or climbing a ladder. I wasn't caught up in anyone else's drama. It was just me 
exploring the world. And so I knew like my life is not going to be this big, keep climbing the ladder just to reach these milestones that don't mean anything. I want like, I want my the rest of my life to feel like a vacation, like a, a big exploration. All right. So just to kind of wrap things up, I, what advice do you have for other people that maybe have felt a call to do some kind of an epic adventure like this, but maybe they're experiencing that resistance? What, what, what advice do you have for folks like that? Nike said it best, just do it. Like you just are not it. being called somewhere for no reason. Um, you know, ignoring those callings, I feel like is the biggest mistake you'll ever make. I don't, I can't imagine my life if I didn't take that trip now, like I can't imagine it. And it only opened up the door for more amazing friendships, more amazing experiences. And now I've been to every continent except for Antarctica solo. And with every trip, I learn more about myself. I learn more about the world and, and just become more and more at peace with you know, the flow of the universe. Um, and so without that trip, because knowing if I can survive that, that's what, that was the thing. If I could survive that, I'm so far away. I know yeah. nothing, you know, and for so long I can survive anything. I can do anything. Um, and so please just follow the calling. If you take nothing it. else away from this podcast, please do that. Love it. Thank you. Okay. So Regina, you have been a lot of places. You've done a lot of things. You've experienced a lot of growth, internal and external. They're going to make a movie about you. <laughs> and when they do, who is going to be the actress that plays you? So this is a great question. I'm glad you sent it in advance because I said, I'm just going to, whatever comes to mind first, that's what I'm going to answer. I don't want to overthink it. And Holly Berry came to mind. Holly Berry, because, awesome. And not because obviously she's a beautiful woman, but it's who she is as a person. Like she yeah. continues to push her own boundaries um, and everything I've seen of her in like interviews and just the things that she's supportive of is really empowering. Um, and she's also very laid back. Like, you know, you see this woman, you would think this woman who's had all this success, she's an icon for beauty. You think she'd be very stuck up, but she's like, she seems like the most down to earth person. And everyone that has met her is kind of, you know, said these things. And so she recently just did a movie called Bruised on Netflix and it was outside of her comfort zone. She was playing like an MMA fighter who thinks of Holly Berry, you know, and yeah, MMA. Check that out. Um, and she directed it. So that was her first time directing something. It was so far out of her comfort zone. And yeah. that's what I feel this journey has been pushing me out of my comfort zone. So that's who I came up with. Holly so Berry, I, I love it. So what's your movie yeah. going to be called? Grow with the flow. Ooh, I like that. Grow with the flow. Oh man, yeah. that is perfect. Well, um, I appreciate it. And I think that, uh, you've kind of blown me away with your story today. And I just, I'm just so excited to be on this journey with you and to watch the growth. And, um, so for, for those listening, I hope you've also been inspired as much as I have. I hope that Regina's story has encouraged you to listen to that voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. So if you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send us an email. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thanks for listening. Regina, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. This was fantastic. I'm really glad you gave me the opportunity to speak with you and your listeners.